Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use rotoballer.com's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off using discount code SAMSKY. Just visit rotoballer.com, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Catcher's Corner. I am your host, Eric Samolski, joined, as always, by my co-host, Sammy Ackley, who is riding the brady singer high right now sammy how good does it feel to watch brady singer i just don't know why you got to do it like why do you have to be the wet blanket consistently like dude you look great and you're sitting here poo-pooing it like just enjoy the ride bro i just i've told you this so many times i just don't want you i don't want you to get hurt i've had brady singer on my roster multiple times uh i just you know i'm not one start won't change it life lesson you have to experience pain to appreciate the greatness yeah right that's like that's true. that's that's a part of life i think my whole fa- my whole fantasy team in our home league right now is experiencing pain so that's all we're right. both filming it. we're both filming it. um sammy and i are not alone today uh we are joined by chris torres at torres or well is it at torres takes um i just know that it uh it is at torres takes and i like mm-hmm. the torres takes on twitter uh chris thanks for joining us what is going on guys thank you for having me i am happy to be here uh talk some fantasy baseball with you uh yeah so i am i don't write i don't um you know i don't have a podcast uh, but i am on twitter i'm just a dude that loves fantasy baseball uh you can follow me at torres takes i do uh lately i've been doing some uh daily videos kind of recapping the games from the night before Still waiting for a retweet, Eric, but, uh, you know, <laughs> one of these days. And, I, I, Sammy, I'm still waiting for a follow, uh, by the Bro, way. So. Yo, don't, don't hold your breath. I'm just yeah. going to be honest. Like, you might pass out. But, yeah, well, I, you know, now that I, I realize you are my long-lost brother or cousin, some type of relative, I mean, we were just saying off air that uh, I, I think we, we got to check our 23andMe or something. Yo, this guy. We like, look too me, similar. I will, I will say that when I jumped on, when I jumped on, I was like, holy, holy crap, me and him, you know, back in the day, if we were single, we would have, we would have ran some things, you know, uh, <laughs> we would have ran some things. Um, I do, I do want to say I, you get a lot of likes on the, on the videos. I guess I should, I should retweet them. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like good at, I'm not good at Twitter. Like I post my own stuff and then I'm like, do I retweet this? I like, I just, I hit the like button a lot. You know what I mean? So unless um, it's offensive, you should be retweeting everything. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I guess I, I'm going to start just retweeting. As a like. You don't even yeah. have to retweet. For sure. You got, the guy, you, got the, you got our guests begging for a like. Yeah. Bro. I will say, <laughs> and I, I will say, you know, I, I know you said you don't write or have a podcast or whatever, but I think what it's I like, like about, I think what I like about your videos is there's a lot of different ways based on the, the media we have in front of us. There are a lot of different ways to get information out there. And the way that you've been doing these videos recently where you're kind of talking through the day's action, like it's another 
format of getting usable fantasy information and probably one that's actually better for most people because it's easily digestible and quick. And it's not like, I don't have to sit down and read this 15, you know, spend 15 minutes reading this article. I just get good information, you know, while I'm scrolling through my phone in the morning or at lunch or whatever it is. So I, I, I think you're really onto something with those videos. I think they're really useful. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I realize like nobody is, is, uh, doing that form of content right now in in this space you know uh there's a million articles out there and there's a ton of great info including yours um but uh you know it, it's just it's something people want to consume content in video form now with tiktok and just you know so uh we'll see where it goes short attention yeah. spans that's why exactly well, but, but that's what i like i mean some of your i mean some of the videos you've been doing you know they're like two minutes long stuff like that so you don't have to like cram it into that 60 second tiktok thing that right. just feels so frantic sometimes. yeah tiktok you know is just mean? intimidating to me too i don't know yeah. what the hell's going on yeah, there's yeah. just too much to learn i yeah, mean but, uh, speaking of two minutes that's kind of how i approach my sex life just to be honest there oh my you god cramming, cramming, a- it all, cramming it all in into two minutes <laughs> now there's so we took something that wasn't overtly sexual unlike the titles of our last <laughs> few uh, podcast no, this, and so we were talking before we started um about you know actually when we were talking about brady singer we were talking about that there were some you know sharp guys from some big money leagues uh that were picking up brady singer um so what i wanted to do before we got into our topic of the day there were five guys who i saw getting picked up in a lot of main event leagues on sunday um, for people who aren't familiar with uh, the NFBC format, the main event leagues are 15 team leagues that are relatively high stakes. So you get a lot of uh, big time fantasy baseball players who um, are super invested in play for, you know, lots of money, on, put, put, put lots of money on the line um, and are typically um, kind of some really high performing and strong fantasy baseball players. Um, so one of the guys that was most picked up that I'm curious both of your takes on is not a surprise because Sunday was the first time he was eligible to be picked up in NFBC leagues. And it was Diamondbacks rookie outfielder, um, Alec Thomas, who's hitting 304 with a 565 slugging percentage in eight games. Um, so Torres, I'm curious, are you in on, on Alec Thomas? Did you have bids in on him? Are you, are you optimistic for the rest of the season? So. I did not bid on Alec Thomas. I'm kind of kicking myself now, um, digging into it, just prepping for this podcast. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, I felt I, I spent some of my fab early. Uh, I had some power deficiencies in, in my main event. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of my fab went to uh, Miguel to know, which <laughs> did not work out well. Uh, I mean, he got injured, I, I think would have been a good pickup if he was healthy. But um. Yeah, so I just didn't even really consider it just because I knew he was going to go for such a high price. But I mean, just looking at the projections, he is projected for five home runs, five stolen bases and just uh, around 260 plate appearances by the bat X with a 260 batting average. So if you're getting, you know, legit five category contribution there, uh, I know he's batting at the bottom of the lineup now, but I can't foresee him staying down there that long, especially when you got guys like Josh Rojas batting fifth. I mean, I, I think Thomas, especially he's been playing well. He hit a home run today. Uh, I think he is going to move up in short order. 
um, you know, and and he could just run with this job and be an everyday player. Uh, I also like just uh, doing a little research on him. It seems like he's a guy with a chip on his shoulder, uh, really looking to get better. I know there's a lot of these puff pieces out there, but I thought there was a good article uh, on The Athletic by Zach Buchanan back in February about him and just talking about efforts he made to improve his plate approach and, you know, how, I mean, he was drafted in the second round, so we're not talking like a 30th round guy, but, you know, he just seems, he, he had some quotes in there about how, you know, he looks at the players who are drafted ahead of him and that motivates him. So uh, it seems like he's got uh, a good head on his shoulders and uh, he's got the skills. So again, uh, kind of kicking myself that I wasn't, um, you know, really in on him this weekend. I think he's going to be a good pickup. Sammy, this strikes me as a guy you'd like because he's got real yep. good sense of the strike yep. zone, yep. hits the ball pretty hard. Yep. Yep. I love the, um, I was just looking at his fan graphs today and uh, plate approach seems pretty, pretty damn good. You know, keeps his strikeout rate under 20 for most of his minor league seasons. Uh, walk rate, you know, close to 10 or more. Um, and he's got that power speed potential that I really like uh, in players. And, and, you know, there's just one thing that whenever you have these rookies come up, the situations really dictate, I think, you know, um, when you should jump on someone. So like being with the, being on the Diamondbacks who, are trying to develop their young talent and, you know, have a lot of older pieces at the top. You know, I think this is a situation where if he finds success early, you know, he's going to stick there. And, you know, I would be jumping on a guy like this because, you know, he could be a five can, uh, five category contributor. Um, and I did watch, I watched an Arizona game the other day and I saw him at the plane. I kind of saw what Torres was talking about like just in his mannerisms on the field, he's kind of got, kind of got like a football mentality on, on the field. So it's like, you know, that's the kind of guy that I would have jumped up on. I actually went to go look to go at him and saw that he was already gone. So I was kind of late to the party, but yeah. for sure, I would have um, definitely somebody that's intriguing. He definitely pissed off somebody at Fangraphs though, because on the like prospects too long, didn't read thing that they have. It says the Lilliputian Thomas has surprising power, but the dude is five eleven. So calling him Lilliputian just seems seems really insulting. Yeah, I um, mean, because I'm five eleven. I mean, you're like six foot twelve, but oh, like, man, yeah, guys, yeah, I'm only like five seven. You're really yeah, making me feel bad here. That's, <laughs> I'm saying these dudes are trying to trying to put me down too. Yeah. I mean, he's he is one seventy, uh, so he's slight. Um, but yeah, listen, I I I'm with you on um, with both of you guys on him. I think that you know he he's also the type of guy where. I think he's going to get a long enough leash. Um, and if he doesn't in a redraft league, I think obviously in like dynasties, uh, keeper leagues, you know, he's been on people's radar and he's been held for a while in a redraft league. He might be a guy where like, if he goes through a cold stretch, um, he could get dropped because he's on the diamondbacks. He's hitting eighth or ninth right now. So just keep an eye on him, even if he's already rostered in your league, uh, because I think he's somebody who, you know, could be very useful for you. Um, unlike the next guy, uh, who I'm not as into, but he was picked up in a lot of main events. Um, and I think it's, you know, because he was um, he was out for a little bit, came back, is slotted every day into the lineup. Um, Sammy, do you see any reason why people should be picking up Will Myers? No. That's, That's it. No, like, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> like people just like I guess they like the comfort of the familiar, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. But there's nothing. 
Like I'm literally on this StatCast page right now and there's nothing that I'm looking at that says, holy crap, there's something different. I mean, come on. We just need to let things go. Like, come on, for real. Seriously. I, I'm with you. Um, I wrote before the season that I, I was fading him um, as, an outf- as an outfielder to fade. His pull rate has been going down um, as he's gotten older and now it's under 30% with a 5.6% barrel rate, 25% hard hit rate. When I see somebody get older and then pull the ball less, um, especially a guy who was a power hitter, to me, it's just like he's getting, his hands are getting slower. He's getting slower to the ball. Um, it's just not exciting to me. But I don't yeah. know, Torres, you think Sammy and I are being too mean to Will Myers? No, not at all. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about him during draft season. The skills really seem to be in decline. Uh, they are further declining this year. And he also uh, he was playing through a thumb injury, which landed him on the IL. Um, and who knows if it's fully healed. The skills have looked really bad this year. I mean, a 65 percent contact rate. Uh, it's gotten worse, actually, since he came back from the IL. So I don't even know if he's fully healthy. Uh, you know, in fi- it depends on the format. Right. I mean, in a 15 teamer. Um, I I don't know. He plays every day. So it's kind of tough to, um, you know, to say he shouldn't be rostered in that format. Um, and I don't really see any real competition for playing time. You know, I mean, Matt Beattie was kind of, uh, he was kind of playing every day, but then he went on the IL and there's like nobody there. I mean, even Trent Mm -hmm. Grisham, like he's playing and he's been sucking. So terrible. Um, you know, so they just may run Will Myers out there uh, and I, that has some value and he's hitting like sixth or seventh in the lineup. So mm-hmm. uh, personally, just not someone uh, I'd be interested in. I feel like I could find an option that would be more appealing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think your point is good when like for me in particular, when Tatis comes back, because if you're if, if Will Myers is hitting in a lineup sixth or seventh behind you know, Tatis, Machado, Cronenworth, Luke Voigt, then it's like, okay, maybe he can accumulate enough, you know, RBIs, runs or whatever to put up 15 team value. But like, but I'd have to be in a real bind to, to do it personally. Let's just pray Tatis doesn't get on another goddamn motorcycle. Or play and soccer. Now, the out, yeah, or, or play soccer in the outfield. <laughs> put him in bubble wrap and just, just keep him secluded. Yeah. Uh, Torres, Sammy and I have talked a lot about the, you know, the, just the sewage that's uh, trying to find <laughs> closers um, on the, on the waiver wire. Uh, and one of the guys who was picked up a lot um, in main events this Sunday was Ian Kennedy. Mm. Um, and I think some of that is, you know, Kennedy's past success. And some of it is also just people not believing in Mark Moanson, who's been pitching pretty poorly shocker. Um yeah. But if you're in need of saves, is Ian Kennedy somebody you're looking at? No. Um, I mean, <laughs> the skill, the skills, uh, I'm going to be as uh, concise as Sammy was with uh, Will Myers. I mean, just no. Uh, Kennedy has a 1% uh, K minus walk percentage, a 4% swinging strike rate so far this year. Um, I mean, that dude, he's going to be less valuable than my lot of Ricky Leday rookie cards. I mean, come on now. This Ricky, guy, Ricky Lede, a, whoa, I got a lot of Ricky Leday, man. That's from the past. That's right. I got wow. a lot of Ricky. I thought he was going to be the Brought next. Brought back some childhood memories, thing, bro. Yeah. Holy. 
Um, but yeah, as far as Kennedy, I, you know, listen, I, uh, I subscribe to Re- Reliever Recon. I'm sure you guys are, are familiar. The uh, site that uh, Greg do it. I think Eric's heard of it. I'm not sure. I have, yeah. You might have heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So Greg Jewett, he has a, a Patreon where he has a team of writers that go really in depth with bullpens. Uh, it's like three dollars a month. So I highly recommend anybody uh, you know, sign up for that if you're really into this, because he does so much or they do so much of the work for you in scouting these bullpens. And they're on uh Joe Mantiply as someone to watch in that bullpen. And I looked up his skills. Uh, he's looking solid, not a huge K rate guy, but it seems like the control is really, uh, you know, above average. So something I'd keep an eye on, but no, Ian Kennedy, I, I think it's uh, his time has passed. Yeah. Which is, which is sad because um, I was in on him preseason based on what he did last year and thinking that he might find himself in a closer situation, but the skills, like you mentioned, are not at all what we saw last year. Um and maybe it comes back, but as of right now, it's just not interesting. I mean, you're only picking him up if you're in dire, dire, yeah. certain like stra- straights. Like that's listen, the only way you're doing it. Listen, and schedule dependent, right? Like, you know, it, first of all, Melanson's back now, which muddies the waters, right? But like, you know, if, if Melanson was ever out for an extended period of time or out again and you looked at the Arizona schedule and they're, you know, playing – Pittsburgh and Chicago and you're like you know what maybe I could steal two saves this week you know and it's not going to be pretty but if I really need saves but that's the type of situation you're in you're not like oh I'm going to get Ian Kennedy and just slot him in as my third reliever and and call it a day um we're not there by the way Eric how, how are you enjoying reliever recon um I, so that's what Sam was, was joking have you heard about it? have you I, heard of them so I I'm know. I am I am the I am the worst member of reliever recon. Um, do we have to because, kick you out? Because I do, I do a lot of the video work for them, but we just haven't found the right sweet spot for, for videos um, in terms of like what people want to watch uh, reliever wise. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I just benefit off of all of their wisdom and I write a couple articles here and there, but it's, that's uh, I'm just kind of I'm the, the kid who gets an A for showing up for the group project right now. You are the weak link. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sammy, a lot of experts not only picked up, I and also I should stop using experts. I know we joke about that all the time in Say our home analysts. chat. A lot of uh, analysts, a lot of high stakes players, a lot of strong fantasy baseball players um, picked up and touted Jeffrey Springs, who is another Rays reliever who they have stretched out into a starting pitcher. Um, and you know what? The last the last two starts have been pretty good. Um, granted, you know, the comp- actually against pretty good competition. Um, he went uh, four and two-thirds against Toronto uh, just last week, gave up four hits, two strikeouts, um, I'm sorry, there was a bad start against the Angels in between four innings, three hits, three earned runs. Um, are you at all interested in this in this reclamation project, Sammy? Or is this just another like the Rays are going to do their things that are good for real baseball and you're not interested for fantasy? Sorry. I mean, fuck the Rays, dude. They always do this shit. Come on. Enough. <laughs> Enough. Got all right. Uh, that's gonna tor- that's gonna be what I said. <laughs> 
That's okay, really dude, that is next level analysis. <laughs> I swear. I'm not the analyst, dude. <laughs> Eric's the analyst. I'm, uh, I'm the pulse of the people. Uh, okay. Torres, Torres, you have a Jeffrey Springs opinion. It might be the first Jeffrey Springs opinion you've been asked for. Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest. I, these guys are like interchangeable. So I was like really on Josh Fleming. Do you guys remember a couple of weeks yeah, yeah. ago when he had a two start week and uh, it, it seemed like it was uh, he had two home starts and it looked like great matchups and he just got obliterated. Uh, and I started him in my main event and I just I have like PTSD. I, I feel like they're the same guy, you know, two left handed bullpen guys that got stretched out, uh, which is probably not fair. Uh, he listen, Springs gets Baltimore this week in Baltimore, which is now playing, as we know, like a pitcher's park. Um, I, I think he's a great start there. Uh, he'll probably, I, I think he's up to 76 pitches now was his, uh, his last start. So can count on probably 80 and, and hopefully five innings from him. So, uh, I think he's a 15 team play I, I, in a 12. I think he can do better. Yeah. I am intrigued, but he's got a 21.5, uh, strikeout minus walk ratio, and he hasn't been starting all the time. So that is, um, you know, something that's been, that will affect those kind of uh, numbers. He's got a 25.4% swinging strike rate on the changeup. And I watched the start against Toronto um, when I saw everybody picking him up. Uh, and the changeup is pretty good. Um, you know, 92, 93 from the left side with a pretty good changeup. Uh, the fastball and the slider are solid. So sure, I think he's solid, but like you're saying, I mean, he might go five innings. Might that, that's um, the max. Yeah. So it's kind of like I don't really know what you're what you're gonna get out of him. And this is and this is the thing that I hate about the race. They do this all the time. They do these like like I, I think it kind of revolutionized the whole way we look at the bullpens and how they've kind of stretched out these bullpen guys to give you like three to four innings. But like, I mean. I just can't buy into guys like this unless the, unless it's like a Shane McClanahan kind of skill set. If there's something in that profile that, that jumps out at me that says, well, that's a ridiculous stat line or that metric mm-hmm. that I'm looking at, but these guys are all the same and it's just like done. No yeah. Way. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I think the two guys who are not the same uh, both got hurt early this year with Luis Patino and Shane Baz, who were like more in the lines of like these legitimate starters, kind of like McClanahan. Um, and so the Rays have had to do with the, what the Rays do and find other starters. Uh, Torres last week, uh, Sammy and I broke down some waiver wire pitchers and we talked about um, Chase Silseth on the Angels uh, so everybody can go back and listen to last week's episode for Sammy and my thoughts, but I'm curious if you had thoughts on his first start because they announced he's going to start again against the athletics on Friday. So for right now, he's remaining in the rotation. Yeah, guys, I got to admit, I'm, I'm a little self-conscious and, you know, I kind of, I, I talk, <laughs> you may not, you may not even notice this, but I talk with like a little bit of a lisp that I tried to like that I've worked on. Uh, so when I saw Chase Silseth uh, on the rundown, that's like your worst that, nightmare. That is my worst fucking nightmare. All right, <laughs> understand that. So here I am talking about Chase Silseth, um, and telling you I really don't. Uh, I, I'm not into him. I mean, this week I think he's a good streamer. He's got the A's again. Anybody against the A's, Detroit, Casey. Um, I mean, you're going to be starting like 80% of the league against those teams, but, uh, sure. um, 
you know, beyond that, I, he had a 35 plus future value on fan graphs. I mean, he wasn't a, he was a 27th ranked prospect in the angel system. Uh, I know he had, he was doing really well in double a, that's why he got the call, but um, I don't feel like this is going to be some breakout pitcher that's going to, you know, last the whole season uh, and be a positive contributor. I, you know, he's like a 15 team play, I think a streamer for this week, but um, you know, I'm not really thinking much beyond that. Yeah. I think, you know, James Anderson, who covers prospects at Rotowire, came on the show earlier and said that his view is that every prospect will hit a wall or will struggle right. in the major leagues. Right. And this is a kid with eight professional games pitched before his last start. Uh, so I, I was intrigued by the talent. Um, enough that like I picked him up in our home league for this start, but I, I don't expect that he's staying on my roster. Um, I expect that, well, I'm hoping to get a good start Friday and then we'll take it from there. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be telling people to spend massive amounts of, of fab on this guy. I think he's a guy you play week to week right now and see where it goes. Uh, Sammy, I'm going to throw you a name that wasn't on the rundown at first, but I know he was a guy that was on your team before. So I know you have some opinions with Brandon Lau going on the IL, it seems like we're going to get extended run for Vidal Brujan. Um, and I know that didn't work out so well for Vidal Brujan last year. And I'm curious if you'd be willing to jump back in on Vidal Brujan this year. Uh, I mean, I would be if it was strictly be a cat play. Like, you know, if I'm looking for steals, um, he does have – that's that's his that's his shtick, right? Like, he, he can – take steal a bag there's been i know last year he started off really hot at the plate uh he was like going outside of his profile and showing like some really good power uh but then we kind of saw it kind of drop back to where he where the where the question mark started to come in terms of uh you know his his bat to ball skills um yeah but for sure if if lowe's out and i know he's getting consistent playing time which he is uh, for sure, I'm taking a shot because you know if, if I'm if I'm looking for you know steals, that's uh, a guy that that really would intrigue me for sure. Torres, you have any any views on Bruhan? Yeah, I mean he's someone um, I'll admit I'm probably going to be aggressive on him this weekend. Uh, you know, steals are so bunched up right now. I feel like looking at all of my leagues, I, I play in all roto leagues and you know, everybody's within like a couple steals of each other. So uh, those, you know, if he plays consistently for, they're saying Lau is going to be out for at least three weeks. So mm -hmm. if he's playing pretty much every day and he steals you, I don't know, say five bags during that time, that could get you a couple points in the standing. So he's someone I'm going to be uh, aggressive with. Um, I think he'll get multi -elig uh, position eligibility as well. Uh, he's been playing second base uh, in the in AAA this year. You know, it seems like uh, I mean, I know he played well in AAA last year, um, but he had a one to one uh, walk to strikeout ratio in 70 at bats in AAA 137 WRC plus didn't really have much pop. But uh, again, we're not really in it for the pop with him. It's more hopefully he can give you a, a decent batting average with uh, plus plus speed. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think the bigger thing is, is that because of his speed, his ability on the, on the speed side, what you really see is, you know, he, he does get on base. He's displayed it throughout his minor league career. He's had, you know, a, close to a 350 or higher OBP. 
which kind of demonstrates, hey, if he can get on base, he can steal a bag. And you don't want these guys that have, you know, that are undisciplined. I think he's the kind of guy that has mm-hmm. discipline. But, you know, if you're looking for him to generate you some some power, that's not where you're going. I think he hit eight of his 12 home runs last year in the first week or two of the right. season. And, yeah. and that was really like what put him on the map was like, holy crap, this guy can steal 60 bags. And it looks like he can hit you 20 plus home runs uh, because of those first two weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm with Torres. Uh, I would be jumping on him pretty, pretty aggressively. I would just add, if people are looking for middle infield speed, um, I took a one deep league flyer for this week on Brendan Donovan, who came up for the Cardinals um, because they played the Mets in the doubleheader today. I watched both those games or the second one is currently ongoing. Um, he's another guy where it's like, if you need speed in the middle infield, I really like the way this dude has at bats. Like he battles in a lot of at bats. The strikeout rate has been super low. His whole minor league career walk rate is up. He's hitting 323 right now in the majors. Um, he stole 19 bases across three levels in the minors last year. So far since he's come up for St. Louis, he has started a game at first, a game at second, two games at third, four games at short, and a game in the outfield. Um, so, you know, I don't think he's anybody that like is going to uh, win you anything massive. And I think that, you know, people are hoping he sucks so that Nolan Gorman gets called back up or called up. Uh, but that's another guy I would just throw out there to to consider for deeper leagues. He's such a cardinal. My God, he's so yes. like those guys <laughs> yes. are so annoying. You know, the yes. Tommy Edmonds, the Dylan Carlson. Yeah, they're all the same guy. They're all the same guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was what I wa- in that I watched that first game and you could see Mets pitchers like who have to face like Donovan Goldschmidt Arenado in this row and all these dudes are just like fouling off like on the crappiest like even like half swings and just fouling pitches off and it's just the most frustrating thing in the world if you're a pitcher but it works that's what they do Cardinals way Cardinals double magic yeah um so our main topic for the day is just looking at some hot and cold uh, hitters over the last three weeks so I I sorted on fan graphs by the last three weeks and I looked at some guys that are leading in categories so the thought is if you need help in these particular categories um, are we buying the hot streaks of these players or are we selling um, players who are underperforming and trying to get replacements uh, within those category specific areas of need um so first guy up, I'm going to lead off with you, Sammy, because I uh, we've been talking about this guy in the chat uh, a lot. Over the last three weeks, uh, Harrison Bader is fifth in Major League Baseball uh, with eight steals. However, he has just a 4.4% barrel rate and a 28.6% hard hit rate and has a career low pull rate. So we haven't really gotten the power in the power speed uh, but if you're looking for stolen bases and, and Harrison Bader is available on your waiver wire, are you trying to scoop him up? Yes, because I think, number one, he's always going to be in the lineup for one reason, uh, because he can play defense. Uh, he's going to play center field every day for the Cardinals. Uh, he's going to be in that lineup. Um, and even though the barrel rate is down from last year uh, and the hard hit rate is down last year, his, his K percentage is also down six points from last year which to me, and his walk rate is up uh, to 7.5. So to me, that's telling me uh, he's got improved plate discipline. Uh, he can get on base. Um, the OBP is not great right now, but I think, you know, 
I think he's going to get better offensively. Uh, yes, because I do think the speed is real. And the fact that he's having an opportunity to play every day, I think he actually stole the base today. So he's up to nine. So, I mean, yes, he is a strictly speed play um, and definitely somebody that I think, you know, you can get for, you know, minimal cost for sure. Yeah, it seems like he's sacrificing some power for contact, which isn't really the worst thing in the world if you're looking for that speed. Yeah. Um, Torres, what do you, what do you, I know you just kind of bemoaned all Cardinals players, but what do you feel about Harrison Bader? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, kind of echoing what Sammy said, I think he's, he's a good play pretty much all formats just because of that speed. He's given you uh, nine stolen bases, which is, the same amount he had in 400 plate appearances last year. So uh, he is being, you know, extremely aggressive. It seems like he has that intention this year. And we know stolen bases is a lot about intention, right? Does a player want to run? And he is making that evident early on here. Um, you know, interestingly, his projection, I was surprised to see this rest of season. The bat X has him for 15, 15 and a 249 batting average. That's rest of season. So uh, that would put him at 18 home runs. Uh, let's see, 24. I can do math. 24 <laughs> stolen bases and, uh, you know, around a 240 ish batting average. I mean, that's a nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good looking line at the end of the year. Those I mean, are the kind of guys that win you leagues. Right. I mean, yeah. these are projections. So. And, and the power does look, it, it looks like you said, he, he's kind of sacrificing some of that power for the contact. Um, you know, so I take the under on 15 home runs the rest of the way, but still, you know, anybody who's given you around 25 bags, uh, that is, you know, and not killing you in other categories, that's super valuable. Right. And, and relative to the cost too, you're not going right. to, nobody's jumping to, 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 to spend fab on Harrison Bader. Right. And he's in, in Yahoo leagues right now, he's only 43% rostered. So he's out there um, in a fair number of leagues. Um, I mean, and, if you've got Miles Straw on your team, you should have Harrison Bader on your team. Ooh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so a guy who's a little uh, higher percent of rostership on Yahoo is Colton Wong, uh, who was rostered in 60% of leagues. He's tied uh, with Bader. I'm actually sorry. He's one stolen base behind has uh, seven steals, uh, but just a 2.2% barrel rate, a 30.4% hard hit rate. Um, but the steals are there and the lineup has been hitting relatively well lately. So Torres, if you're looking for speed, are you in on Colton Wong if he's available in your leagues? Yeah, I mean, I didn't end up with any Colton Wong, and I, I kind of regretted that. He was just going in an area of drafts where there were other players that I liked better. Um, but I was in love with the Brewers lineup this year. I mean, I felt like with some of the additions that they made and some of these guys just coming into their their prime years, felt they were ready to you know really explode. We haven't seen them all healthy together yet. Now we got Adamas on the IL, which stinks. Um, but uh, anyway, Wong is hitting at the top of that lineup. Uh, I, I don't know if I believe in the speed as much. I mean, he's got eight already. Uh, he had 12 all of last year. And something that really stuck out to me, I looked at his StatCast page. Do you know he has 26 percentile sprint speed this year? I mean, it is like dark blue, you know, on the sliders. I was really surprised by that. So that gives me a little bit of pause. And that was part of the reason I was like a little hesitant this year with him because I know his sprint speed has never really been that great. So I'm like 31 years old. Is he really going to keep running? But uh, yeah, he's he's been aggressive this year. 
Uh, so I think he's definitely, you know, I think 12 and up, he's, he, he definitely uh, is, should be a target. Yeah. I will say like, personally, I even might, I even might consider trading him away if I feel okay in speed uh, just because I'm a little concerned about the, the batted ball profile. Um, I had like a, a polite uh, Twitter disagreement with Mike Curlin on this. We were talking about Wong's upside pre-draft season. And I said in the second half of last year, his fly ball rate went way up. His pull rate went, went way up and his production dipped because it looked like he was saying, Hey, I'm in Milwaukee. Um, I can yank some balls out of this ballpark. And now his fly ball rate is up over last year. His pull rate is up over last year. His infield fly ball rate is up around like 18%, which tells me the same thing of like, he's trying to drive balls out of that tiny ballpark. And I don't know that that's what's best for his profile because that's not, at least in my opinion, that's never how I saw him as a hitter, as a home run guy. Like I don't need him to hit 20 home runs. Uh, 10 is fine if you're getting me, you know, 15, 16 stolen bases. So I'm just not super convinced um, on the long-term profile that if I'm okay in stolen bases, I obviously don't want to trade away a stolen base asset if I'm struggling. Uh, but if I'm okay in stolen bases, I think his his value is high right now and it might come down later, personally. I mean, you should go you should go argue with Eric Cross because it's funny that you mentioned Colton Wong because you put out a tweet yesterday. Oh, yeah. Colton Wong, Colton Wong is quietly excelling over the last two weeks. 382 batting average, 489 on base, 735 slugging with 10 runs, three homers, five stolen bases, and only seven Ks and nine walks, leading off regularly. I mean, so it's it perfect be, time to sell high. Right. So it might be the perfect time to sell high, but you know, I was reading something some something about his offensive profile, and he's quietly been getting better as a hitter. Um so I don't know. It's 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 an interesting case study. Um, sure, but better in like like I, I guess better I'd say from better. what he was. Yes, relative to sure. what he was prior. Sure. I mean, you could I, you like you can see it right now. I mean, like the also his launch angles at nineteen degrees. It's never been over twelve point eight. So like that's a really drastic change, which adds to you know the massive infield fly ball rate, right. which adds to which tells me a guy who's really trying to lift. Um, and I just, especially in this, if I mean, who knows? There have been so many home runs hit tonight. The Major League Baseball could have switched out the ball on I think us they did already. Definitely. But like, I don't really know that I need Colton Wong to be to be lifting and and pulling like that. Personally, one thing I wanted to know, I was uh, when I was looking into him, he did he made a comment for what it's worth. Uh, about three weeks ago, he made a change in approach to be a yeah. little bit more selective, uh, to really. Uh, wait till he got his pitch to hit. I mean, that could all be nonsense. You know, it could just be random variants that he's he's playing well over the past three weeks. But he does uh, credit some adjustments that he's mm-hmm. made to his improved performance lately. I mean, so. his chase rate is down from last year from twenty seven point nine to twenty one and a half. Okay, so yes, Absolutely. there's yeah, that, there's, there's some evidence, and he's still. Going. I mean, listen, this is a guy that you drafted because he makes contact. I mean, he right. made he eighty eight point two percent last year, eighty seven point two this year. And if you're going to try to lift, I would much rather him try to do it in Milwaukee than any place else. Sure, sure. And listen, I don't think you're mad at the production you're getting from him yeah, right now. No, my sure. my, my thought is my thought is more this might be peak Colton Wong 
Um, and there are some things that concern me enough or that I think are problematic enough that like maybe you, if you can, if you can sacrifice the speed, uh, try and find another category of need and you can move him. Um, Just let me give you a would you rather, Jake Cronenworth sure. or Colton Wong? Colton Wong. I think, Col- I think Colton Wong. Yeah. Um, and I'm a, I'm like, a, I'm a Michigan fan and I was happy that Cronenworth was, was good, but, um, there, I think we saw that 2020 year was, was, um, you know, when he came out of nowhere was maybe the most excited we'll ever be about Cronenworth. God, thanks. I got him on my, on my, on my roster. Appreciate it, Eric. I remember I, tra- I traded him that year for, for Dylan Moore. And those are two guys now that I'm like, oh. I, I could care less if either one of them stuff I do. But yeah. <laughs> These are the worst. Um, so Sammy, Josh Bell is, uh, prior to yesterday's games, was 10th in Major League Baseball over the last three weeks in OPS. Um, he's got a higher walk rate right now than strikeout rate, uh, which is ridiculous, especially for a guy who hits in the middle of the order. Are you, do you think we're seeing a new level of Josh Bell? Yes. I mean, there's something going on with, I don't think I've ever seen someone go from a 26 and a half K, uh, K rate down to 17.8 last year. And it's down to 11.3 this year. Like that is a complete 180 turnaround from the kind of hitter that he was to what he is now. Um, I see that you have one here that, you know, uh, trying to trade for Yes, I would be trying to trade for him because uh, I do like – I hate the lineup he's in, uh, but the fact that he's hitting behind Soto, uh, maybe Soto's not getting those multi-run home runs, but uh, Josh Bell could hit him behind him. Um, I, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got a great profile. So, yeah, for sure. If you go to StackHaz page, it's blood red. You know, I'm, I'm jumping in. Uh, Bow rate is a little bit down this year, but you know it's still early. Um, his XBA is 327, Woba is 401, with an X Woba of 392. Uh, so it's not that far apart. Um, yeah. Hard hit rate is, is down significantly from last year, from 52% to 39.3. Um, but you know it's going to get warmer out, and you know we expect uh, more hard contact to come. So yeah, I'm definitely jumping on him for sure. I think it's probably not a coincidence that you saw that strikeout rate improvement when he came to, to Washington, Washington right. and played and Soto. with Soto, Absolutely. who's one of the more patient oh, yeah. hitters in baseball. I think that I was going to I was going to say lineup. that. Yeah, I was going to say that, but yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It, just like how uh, Kyle Schwarber helped Bobby Dahlbeck to uh, forget how to strike out. Yeah. <laughs> that that didn't pan out. Um, Torres, are you also trying to trade for Josh Bell if you have a need at first base in a league? Well, I have Joey Votto pretty much everywhere. So I think you could say <laughs> I, I got a need. <laughs> um, I, so, I believe I still believe in Joey. It's going to happen. Oh, man, it's it's been painful. Like he's the one guy I, I try to diversify, but somehow I just ended up with him on almost every team. I didn't want to pay for the Alonzo or, mm-hmm. you know, Matt Olson type. I'm like, oh, I could get, you know, similar production 100 picks later. You know, and I and Josh Bell was actually one of those guys that I was targeting, but he usually went ahead of Votto. And then I was like, all right, I'll take Joey Votto. Dude's going to go 30, 100, and that's fine. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so I got a need. Uh, but yeah, Josh Bell, I think he's doing kind of what we thought he would. Yeah, the hard hit rate and the barrel rates may be a little bit down. But I, I think that's just, you yeah. know, variance and that'll that'll bounce back up. The strikeout rate also probably a little bit of variance. That'll probably fall more in line with, uh, you know, what his career norms are. That 26% was wonky, though. That was back in 2020, and he was all fucked up that year, as were many players. Uh, I he's always been more of a low, uh, a high teens strikeout rate guy. Uh, so maybe we see like 15% boosting that average a little bit. Ground ball rate, still a bit of an issue around 50%. Uh, caps the power ceiling a little bit. But yeah, jo- Josh Bell, he's he's solid all around. He's giving you what I think uh, we were kind of expecting this year. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's move to. Uh... I'm with it. Are you with it on the next guy? Or you're with it on Josh Bell. On Josh Bell, um, I've been trying to actively trade for Brandon Nimmo. Um, Go cancel is... those trades because he just got hurt. Just so you know. What? Yeah, I just I saw was gonna pop say, up. I mean, I was gonna say like once we got into this conversation. Like, oh this, no! This. I mean, this all those concern. all those trades were rejected. So oh, okay, I didn't want you to have any open trades, and then you go check. No, and it went through. I, <laughs> I told you I watched the beginning of this game until we had to record this podcast, and I saw that Giorme pinch hit for him. But I'm just I was just watching on GameCast, so I didn't like see that he actually got hurt. Um, all right then. Yeah, apparent foot injury. So I mean, oh, yeah, it's man. a shame because that dude, he's a good player. Uh, he, yeah. He was getting set. He was setting himself up to get paid this offseason. Um, but yeah, can't stay healthy. They're saying yeah. here, I'm just reading a little blurb from NBC. Uh, showed a bit of a limp while running out of ground ball. Oh, he fouled a ball off of his foot. So, okay. Maybe well, not be, like a huge nothing. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right. just a day-to-day thing. Okay, so let's let's operate under, even though it's the Mets and it's Brandon Nimmo, so yeah. we might find out in like two days that he's out for weeks or months. Yeah, they're going to announce he's, he's dead. And right. like, you know, it's just, it's the Mets. They're going to announce that it's like the it's Nimmo or it's Mitch Hanniger who takes a swing and sprains his ankle and is out for three months, which still yeah. I cannot get over that. But anyway, let's operate under the assumption that Brandon Nimmo fouled a ball off his foot. Day to day might be out a couple of days. Um, his strikeout rate is way down. He's got a 10.8% barrel rate and a 43% hard hit rate right now. Um, Torres, if he survives this little injury scare, and whoever in your league has him is like, oh, my God, I just survived that. Nimmo's definitely going to get hurt again and is looking to unload him. Would you be trying to acquire shares of Brandon Nimmo? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's a, a better real-life player you know, than a fantasy player. Uh, the speed, he doesn't have any stolen bases this year, which I was I thought he'd give you a little bit more, and I, I think there'll be some. He'll give you a handful of bags. The power is not going to blow you away either, but he is going to get on base. I mean, over 400 OBP again this year, uh, 414. It was 401 last year. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's solid. He's going to score runs, which we know is kind of like an underrated category, right? We kind of sure. we kind of overlook that. But, uh, you know, it's one of five. So if you got a guy who's going to play every day and hit a top of a good lineup, uh, that's got a lot of value. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely be be targeting Nimmo. Just know that, you know, he's not going to be 
he's not going to be a fantasy superstar. He's going to be solid. Yeah, and you're, I think in in batting average leagues too, like we'll we'll give him a two out of five categories because the batting average boost is going to be there as right. well. Right. Um, but yeah, not not sexy. But sometimes those not sexy guys win you um, leagues. I swear, but- me and Torres, you know, we share the same like good looking like genetics, <laughs> and we and, also and a share brain. a brain because I've I've had this conversation. You know, my brother who's a partner on in a home league. Uh, loves Brandon Nimmo because he's a huge Matt fan, but I've always stayed and he's always, we've drafted Nimmo like two years straight and I just got tired of it because Brandon Nimmo, like Torres said, is a really good real life baseball player, right? But there's nothing that he does particularly well. He doesn't steal you a ton of bags. He's only hit over 10 home runs once, right? He doesn't hit for power, right? He gets on base. That's his thing. So like if you're if you're in a in a batting average league, even if you're in an OBP league, he's definitely going to be a twofer, right? He's going to give you runs because he gets on base, and he's going to give you that that metric, that OBP or BA metric. But yeah, I mean like good player, but like I don't know if I'm jumping, running out to go trade for him. Well, you running out to go trade for this guy who actually you and I talked about you may be trading for. Um, because there is nothing sexier than the long ball. Um, and Hunter Renfro is ninth in baseball in home runs over the last three weeks um, and 16th in barrels. Uh, his plate discipline gains from last year seem to be gone, but he's got a career high 15.6% barrel rate. And his fly ball rate is over 52% in that park in Milwaukee. Could be a good thing. Sammy, are, are, do you think we're going to see a breakout coming for Hunter Renfro? I mean, uh, breakout relative to what do you I mean, doing? relative to him him currently hitting 230 right now. Do we think we're going to see like an uptick in his production? I mean, I, I certainly think the power, obviously the power is real. I mean, he's still barreling. Uh, he's at 15.6%, which is probably, which is the highest barrel rate of his career. Uh, and if you're going to barrel uh, balls, the best place to do it is in that ballpark. We've talked about that ballpark extensively being an offensive, uh, you know, powerhouse environment for, for, for hitters. Um, launch angles at 18%. So he's hitting the ball, you know, he's trying to get the ball in the air more so this year. Um, but like you said, the plate discipline, the plate discipline gains have kind of fell off. So we're seeing a higher strikeout rate, lower walk rate. So I don't know if the BA um, is going to, going to get any better. I mean, he was 259 last year. So, 242 right now kind of seems in line with the, the the loss of plate discipline, right? But if you're if you're if you're grabbing Hunter Renfro, if you're trading for him, whatever it is, or you draft him, you're not drafting him for his batting average skills. You're drafting him for his power skills, and I think those that's definitely going to break through because you know he's still hitting the ball ball as hard as he has. Torres, you think we're going to see an uptick in production from Renfro? No, I think he he kind of is what he is, yeah. uh, which is fine, which I, I really liked him coming into this year as one of those power guys. You could wait, you know, um, to like the mid rounds and uh, get yourself 30 to 40 home runs. Uh, so that's why I was like, you know, a little reluctant in the early rounds. I'm looking to really set as many people set a base with batting average and steals because I know there's a guy like Hunter Renfro uh, that's going to be there in the mid rounds. Uh, I really like the context. Uh, as I said, I think that Milwaukee lineup is is really good. 
Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I feel like he kind of had his best year that you're you're going to see out of him uh, last year. Uh, but I, I think he's solid. If you need power, I think he's a guy to go get. He's projected rest of season for 26 more home runs, 68 RBI. So, you know, if, yep. adding on his nine home runs, that puts him at 35 for the year. And in today's yep. environment, that is uh, pretty valuable. That would also be the the most home runs he's ever hit in his career in a single season, by the way, 35. I mean, the most yep. he's hit was 33 uh, in 2019 with San Diego. So 35 would be uh, huge for him. Mm-hmm. And like he's like Torres said, he's, he, he is what he is. You know, there's no breakout. It's just, you know, who he is. Right. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't have used the word breakout. I meant more of like if you're buying on a, you know, buying on the dip in those stock market terms, right? Um that because that power has kicked him of late. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. This next guy, I thought by now we'd have forgotten that he was around and we would no longer be talking about him. He'd be um, back down in AAA. Uh, but Patrick Wisdom is fifth in all of baseball in barrel rate over the last three weeks. He has a 19.4 percent barrel rate um, over the last. Uh, over the last three weeks that's 12 barrels in 62 batted ball events um he's got a 53.2 percent hard hit rate over that span but he's still striking out over 40 percent of the time god um, mercy so torres is this just i mean this is just a ticking time bomb right like it's it's gonna eventually blow up in somebody's face yeah, I mean, even with I think his BABIP is pretty decent, like around 320, and his average is still only I think 216. Um, so it, if that <laughs> if that BABIP progresses a little bit, we're looking at a 200 hitter. Yeah, the power is going to be good, um, but personally, I I just don't want a player like this on my team unless I'm just super desperate. Um, you know, or if he's got like a seven game week and has some really good matchups. But outside of that, I'm not interested. Question, Patrick Wisdom or Adam Duvall? Adam Duvall. Okay. Yeah, Duvall. I've just seen I've just seen Duvall have a full kind of season feel- of legitimate power before. Right. And I, I kind of feel like Duvall, the Duvall player, is a though. good enough fielder that he can he can remain in the lineup as an outfielder and play fine defense for you. And um, especially in the park, in you know, truest park. Uh, you know, that power is going to play there. Yeah, I kind of feel like, like, while I would agree, like, I would take Duval over Wisdom, I kind of feel like they're the same kind of player, though, right? Like, high strikeout guys that go on these crazy stretch runs of just hitting bombs. Sure. Or even like a Joey Gallo. I mean, right. like kind of in the same, same category. Joey, Joey Gallo, who was fourth, uh, right above Patrick Wisdom in barrel rate over the last three weeks. Um, just a name to keep in mind, just as because as we're talking about Pat, Patrick Wisdom, um, the Cubs called up Christopher Morrell today, uh, who's a third baseman who was in their double A organization. He currently this year was hitting 306 uh, with seven home runs and 20 RBIs in 28 games in double A. Uh, they called him up today. Uh, he sat behind Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Uh, Christopher Morrell pinch hit for him and hit a 111 mile per hour, 417 foot home run 
in his first major league at bat. Bye-bye. Um, so that's not to say, you know, like, oh my God, wisdom is done, but it is just a name to keep in mind as you're, you know, perusing box scores uh, out, over homie. the next couple of days. Uh, Sammy, the last hot hitter we're going to talk about is a guy that you've been trying to acquire actively in our league. Can't um, do it. So they won't do tell, it. tell people why you think that people should be looking to acquire Christian Yelich. He's, uh, you know, uh, everything just tells me that he's hitting the ball as hard as he's hit the ball his entire career. He's at a 10.7 or no, a 17% battle rate, highest it's been in his career. Uh, Exit velocity is right there. Uh, X slug is at 574, still displaying really good plate discipline with 23.5% K rate. Um, and walking at 12.1, even though that might be a step down for him. Uh, it's the third straight year. It's in its decline. Still pretty good. And, and a 9.3 launch angle. I mean, so he's hitting the ball in the air more. And, like, I've been watching him. Dude, the guy still knows how to hit. I mean, this guy was an MVP caliber player. Uh, and he's in a great ballpark, ballpark in the middle of a really, a really good lineup. Um, why wouldn't you want to trade for him? Like he's a good player. Now the only concern with trading for a guy like Yelich is is that back. Is it going to hold up? Uh, and you know the concern is multiple trips to the IL over the course of the year. We saw it last year, which really debilitated his year. Um, but he looks healthy now, um, and he looks like he's hitting the ball as hard as he's ever hit it. Yeah, and we've got four steals from him already in in just thirty five games, which means we might be getting another double digit steal season, yeah. which we haven't seen since two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I mean, um, three years removed from forty four home runs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not that long ago. Or is you also trying to get Yelich if you could? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're we're seeing uh, some of that MVP form again this year. Uh, I didn't understand like why he was going. I, I guess. I mean, he he struggled last year. He only had nine home runs, but there was a debate. I know Bellinger versus Yelich was like the big debate in oh, draft man. season. And I was like, man, it's it's Christian Yelich hands down. I mean, you're that's saying, not even, that's not even this dude was a first rounder, you know, like just last doing? year. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, yeah. Um, and, and we're seeing it. I mean, he's given he's running. Uh, like Sammy said, we just got to worry about that back. But I mean, let's just enjoy it right now. I think he's going to, you know, the BABIP is a little bit lower than his career. Um, I think the average is going to come up. Um, yeah, rest of season 2014, 276. I mean, dude, that's <laughs> what else do you want? So good. So good. Love it. And I also love that you segued for us uh, because we're going to end with three hitters uh, who are performing among the among the worst uh, in baseball. Uh, over the last three weeks, uh, one of which is Cody Bellinger. Um, so among qualified hitters, uh, Cody Bellinger is seventh worst in baseball over the last three weeks uh, with a 32.8% strikeout rate, uh, which is to just a 6.7% walk rate. Um, over the last three weeks, he's hitting just 202 um, he does have five home runs and three stolen bases over the last three weeks, which is where you're getting a little bit of fantasy value. So Torres, because you brought up his name, I'm just going to go right to you first. Obviously you're more into Yelich than Bellinger. 
are you do you still think that there's any hope for getting kind of like the old Cody Bellinger back or are we just should we expect him to be this low batting average uh, hitter who's going to give us some home runs and steals yeah, I I don't see him getting back to, you know, I, I 2019, I think was the big year. Uh, I, I'm just not I, I think we got to lower expectations significantly here. He just I, I don't know. He's really I mean, is he high half the time? I don't know. I mean, some of these pictures that you see. It's legal like, oh, now. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I no judgment, but you know, like let's let's take it seriously here. Uh but uh I don't know. He, I mean, he just has not been able he tinkers too much with his swing. There's still too much, uh, too many strikeouts. I think we'll see a hot stretch at some point. I mean, I remember beginning of the year. We started to hear the the uh, Cody Bellinger victory laps, right? He started off first two weeks really uh, doing well, and we'll we'll see. I'm sure another stretch like that at some point this year, but I don't think we're getting uh, at least right now uh, for this season. I don't see him reverting back to that form where he was like an MVP type player. Yeah, uh, you, you know what's crazy? I was just I was just looking at this and just. What happened after 2019? Well, I, it was the sh- I think the shoulder injury, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, but th- that has something to do with his his plate discipline. It went from an ascending type of player, right, where you saw from 2017 to 2019, he was lowering his strikeout rate, 26.6 in 2017, 23.9 in 18, and then 16.3 in 2019. Can with that. His walk rate, 11.7 in 17, 10.9 and 18, and 14.4 in 2008. So you saw this kind of ascending player. And then after that, the bottom just seems to fall out. The K yeah. rate goes up consecutively from, seven, from 16.3 to 32.8 this year. And the walk rate drops from 14.4 to 6.7. Now, there is a sliver of hope because his bow rate is back up to double digits it's back up to 11.3 and it was at 12.2 at its highest in 2017 i mean 2019 at 13% so there is is some gains there so he may be settling in as this 30 strikeout 30k percent strikeout guy that may chip in 25 to 30 home runs because he can barrel up some yeah look uh, to me it's it's the profile of a, to me it's the profile of a hitter who gets hurt and then is constantly trying to is pressing to find the results that he used to have, right? Like there's a lot of massive, huge jump in his O swing. So he's chasing pitches out of the zone. He's trying to like force the production to come because it just, everything seemed to vanish so quickly um, is how I read it and how I see it when I, when I watch him is just, you know, my read um, to your point, Sammy, like, you know, the contact rate is up this year um, and up to what, you know, over what it was, Last year, um, it's still not quite what it was at before. The swinging strike rate, though, is also improved from from last year. The barrel rate has improved. So, you know, I think you might get some hot stretches like the hot stretch we saw to begin the season because he is not as poor in terms of his plate discipline as he was last year, and he's hitting the ball hard. So there's going to be some stretches. You may just decide that the next stretch that comes is the time you might want to unload him because you don't really want to worry about riding the roller coaster for most of the year. And I think you might get a little bit of a roller coaster, but you know, there's going to be power. 
and some speed mixed in. Um, so I, I do think that there's some value there, but for me, it's just like, if I'm in a trading league, I'm going to find the next hot streak and try to trade him. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't see the the upside being as high with him because of the batting average, you know, like I just don't see what is his ceiling. Um, I don't think it's much higher. Like I think 250 is probably the absolute ceiling for him. Uh, given the underlying skills and, and the contact rate that he showed, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm looking at his, his page now. He does have a 41% hard hit rate, according to fan graph. So the powers, he, he's going to put up some power. But again, I think the the contact skills are, you know, a little questionable. Yeah. yeah. Um, chase rate chase rate is up too, guys. I mean, so he's actually chasing more pitches than he has in any previous year prior. Yes. Um, all true. All true things. Um, let's talk about uh, in our uh sorry i'm just getting the fan graphs leaderboard loaded up again um in our struggling hitters we gotta talk about fran mil reyes um who's one of the only players who's striking out more than uh cody bellinger and patrick wisdom um, he's, he's striking out 41.1 percent of the time um on the year the batting average is down to just uh, 207. Uh, he has three home runs on the year, but, you know, that's not the, the 30 home run pace that we're used to out of um, Fran Mil Reyes. Sammy, we, we've seen solid production. He's just 26 years old. Do you think this is just kind of an extended cold streak from Fran Mill? Uh, it's really It's really insane because you could tolerate – you tolerated the 32% uh, K rate last year, you know, because you were getting 30 plus home runs. Uh, you were getting 16.9 barrels, but this year you're only getting 10.8 barrels. Um, and you're getting the 50% hit um, strikeout rate. I'm looking at his batted at his plate discipline metrics, and I'm trying to figure out if there's anything that's in there that jumps out at me. And it's, 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 I'm not gonna lie. It's befuddling because He's not striking. He's not chasing uh, anything. Like his chase rate isn't crazy. He was at twenty five point eight last year. He's at twenty six point eight this year, right? Like so, and his contact rate is right there with what it was last year. So to me, it's like it has to be a cold streak. It has to be maybe mm-hmm. you know the shortened spring training maybe affects guys a certain way. Uh, the ball, the, the dead end ball might be, you know, affecting him mentally. I have no idea, but I can't really find anything that tells me, oh, that's what it is. Because the yeah. launch angle is at 10.2, it was at 9.7 last year. So he's actively trying to get the ball in the air more. Uh, and I just can't figure it out. Uh, I would I would probably classify him as a buy low guy. If you could jump in. For sure. Yeah. Jump in right now and get pennies on the dollar. Do it. I will say over the last two weeks, I mean, it's an improvement to go to a 31% strikeout rate. But over the last two weeks, it's a 31% strikeout rate. The power hasn't fought, which sadly is the same strikeout rate as my boy Rowdy Telez has had over the last two weeks. Uh, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> the batting average has ticked up over those two weeks, but the power hasn't followed. Uh, Torres, do you also think that Fran Mill is, is a buy low candidate? Absolutely. Check it out, guys. All right. Let's go through his upcoming schedule. He's got two games. He's got five games this week, two against Cincinnati, three against Detroit. 
Okay. Then he goes to Houston. We know his good pitching staff. He gets Detroit, KC, Baltimore, Texas, Oakland at Colorado. That's taking him through June. I mean, can you think of a better upcoming schedule than that? Uh, I think he is a perfect buy low. I really, I don't see anything in the profile that is so concerning. I think this is just uh, a bad start to the season. Uh, And I I keep using this, but it's variance, you know, like it's still, we're still dealing with small samples here. So I think he pretty much is the same player. Uh, You know, something I like to, you know, thought exercise I always go through when I'm looking at these players is, are they going to lose playing time? And Mm -hmm. I I don't see that with frame. He's they're going to run him out there. Um, And again, if he's going to be facing weak competition, uh, I think we're going to see a a good month ahead for him. Yeah. I mean, his, his hard hit rate is actually higher than what it was last year. He's at 50.8% this year at 48.5 last year. So, I mean, he's still hitting the ball ball hard when he does hit it. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, I, 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 this is like an opportunity that doesn't really come up uh, very often, I think, when you get a young player that's scuffling like this, but there's not really that many change. There's not that much change to his profile to kind of move on it, if you could. So do it, people. Move on, move on, Fran Mill. Um, it's funny, as I looked at the, the K rate, I guess it's a leaderboard, even though it's the negative side. Uh, you know, I, I've been fading Robbie Grossman so hard for so long. Um, and dude has a 34% strikeout rate with a 102 batting average over the last two weeks. And uh, the production hasn't been there. And there are uh, no home runs and one stolen base on the year. So um, career year last year. Uh, last guy we're going to talk about, and the, the same question presents itself is, was last year a career year? And it's for the St. Louis Cardinals as Tyler O'Neill. Um, as many people know, Tyler O'Neill was this kind of like massive power potential, power speed um, prospect <laughs> for the Cardinals who had moments where he was brought up in, you know, 2018, 2019, um, and then played a lot of the short season in 2020, but the production was never there. In the 50 games in 2020, which was basically the full season, he hit 173. Um, seven home runs, three stolen bases. People were all writing him off. And then last year, Tyler O'Neill, massive breakout, right? Hit 286, 34 home runs, 15 stolen bases. Um, everything sort of clicked. But right now, he's sitting at a 193 batting average. He's got two home runs. He's got three stolen bases. His strikeout rate is uh, up around 30. It was over 30 last year, but now it's still up at 29%. Uh, Torres, are you concerned about Tyler O'Neill or is this just a cold stretch? I'm starting to get a little concerned. I mean, it's been it's been ugly and I, I don't like the fact that his batted ball quality um, has gone down significantly. I mean, uh, I use Fangraph's hard hit percentage. I know most people now use StatCast, but uh, I don't know. I've just used fan grasps forever. And uh, that's what I gravitate towards. It is 24% his hard hit percentage this year. I mean, that is putrid. You know, he went from 42% to 24. So I don't know if he's playing through some kind of injury, um, you know, but uh, I, this is starting to get a little bit concerning. We know that there's some swing and miss in his game. Uh, I don't think that's surprising anybody that he's striking out 
at a uh, near 30% clip, but yeah, the, the bad ball quality, it just kind of, it, it's, it's more than just like a, it seems like a small sample blip. I, I feel like he might be playing through something or just, he's, he's really got to make a significant adjustment here. Yeah. And I also, I like using Statcast. Um, Statcast has this, uh, I think they call it just the, the zone in their visuals. They have a zone profile. Um, and you can look at like the actual strike zone and look at like width percentage and swing percentage within a, a certain area of the strike zone. Um, and he's really missing on, on pitches and fastballs in particular up and up and out of the zone. Um, and so it looks like pitchers have started challenging him um, up and out of the zone and the whiff rates are, are high on fastballs. Um, up and out of the zone. So that's another thing that's like a little bit concerning is maybe the idea that that there was a weakness spotted um, and that he's not adjusting and maybe he's pressing and swinging at a little bit more pitches um, up and out, even though his overall um, O swing is not really that much higher. Um, so Sammy, are, when you look at this profile, when you watch do you think, are you act, would you try to buy low on him if you, if you were given the opportunity or are you concerned enough that you just want to watch from a distance? I mean, I'm monitoring. I'll put it that way. Um, because I think, I think he may be in the same boat as Fran Meal. Um, cause you know, the strikeout weight was, th- was 31% last year. Uh, but he's actually, you know, dropped that down to 29% this year. So, while, you know, we're saying he's striking out, I mean, it's not more than what it was last year. I mean, the power percentage is down. The thing that really sticks out to me when I look at his, his, his plate discipline um, profile, you know, there isn't anything that really is jumping out of me except for one thing. Because his chase percentage is the same as it was last year at 27.5%. The thing that strikes out is the chase contact percentage, which is at 54.3% up over 10% from last year, 43.9 to 54.3, right? That's telling me that when he does chase, he's making contact. And I guarantee if he's making contact on chase swings, it's not good contact, right? So it may be just, hey, you know, somebody whose approach um, or not approach is just, I don't want to say unlucky because like if you're chasing, it's not good, but you're not chasing more than you... It, that's why I'm saying I'd monitor because it's yeah. somebody that I think that if you look, um, it's, you know, he's got three stolen bases, but he's doing that with a 252 uh, OBP. So like if he can get on base, what do you have? In, what OBP at 352 last year? I mean, it's kind of hard to go from 352 to 252. Um, if he can settle in at somewhere like around 320, you know, um, you know, it's somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm interested to put on my list of guys that I need to be, you know, keeping tabs on uh, to see any, you know, uptick in production here to where I can jump in. I think right now you kind of stay away and, 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 and take a, take a look and see where it goes. Yeah. So that's kind of like, also, if, if he's on your team, if you do the reverse of what Sammy's saying, you don't need to, to jump off right now and sell him unless, you know, somebody obviously presents you with a really good offer. Because uh, there's not a lot that is concerning us, uh, but there's enough that it, it gives us a little bit of pause. Right. I mean, 30, 15 guys, you know, that are going to post nine, well, you know, a 900 plus OPS don't grow on trees. Right. Exactly. You don't, and you don't give those guys, uh, you don't, you don't, you give those guys a little bit more leash and hope they come around. 
And he's going to keep, they're going to keep him in the lineup. Oh, yeah. for, for sure. sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. And it's a good ballpark that he plays in. And the lineup is really good. I mean, you know, you just hope that, you know, it's the same thing that Fran Mills going through. Maybe short and spring training really affected guys more so than others. Um, and that, you know, you know, he, he can turn around somewhat. Sammy, I'm glad that we were doing a podcast tonight because it saved you from having to watch Merrill Kelly give up eight runs in two innings against the Dodgers. That's why I sat him. <laughs> I am you not. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a fan. I, I, I took, you know, I, I was on the riverboat gambling when I played him last time, yeah. but two times around the sun. No way. I will say I, I remain a, a Merrill Kelly believer. Um, you know, I always, I never thought that, you know, I don't think anybody thought you were going to get like a sub three ERA uh, for the rest of the season. So it was only a matter of time. Um, I mean, if you're, but, you know, uh, his three of his last five starts have been against the Dodgers or the Cardinals. Uh, it's not really the easiest thing no. uh, to do. So, so who knows? I, I'd I mean, still hold firm. Yeah. I mean, it, it has been, as people have been saying, it's been give back week or now right. week yeah. and a half. Cause it's like, everybody is just getting blown up. If Haldy got blown up today for six runs and less than two innings, uh, you know, everybody's taking their lumps. So all those pristine ERA and, and whips <laughs> that you had, uh, you know, those are not looking so pretty. And, I don't and, even and, Sammy and, and I same, jokes. And, and the same thing holds true for like, so like, this is like a regression back to the mean, right? Law of averages. This is baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the guys that had sparkling ERAs and one that you were like, where, where is this coming from? It's coming back. And the same thing I think goes, obviously goes for the hitting, like the guy, like the guys yeah. that should be hitting 40 home runs or whatever that are hitting two right now, you know, can easily just have the same kind of turn on the faucet moment and just like go on this crazy run and then bring yeah. it back. Yeah, just uh, you gotta Sammy, you gotta trust the the baseball card, yeah, right? Except yeah. if it's Ricky Leday, don't trust, trust the skills. You know. <laughs> Sammy and I joked before the start that I I had Reed Detmers on my bench last week for the uh, no hitter, and I had him in my starting lineup today for the 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 bum start. So you knew that what are you gonna was, do? You knew that was gonna happen. You I knew. knew I knew the second happen. I put him in there it was gonna happen, but I knew I, I had to do it. So what are you gonna do? Them them's the breaks. Yeah, that's right. Um, Torres, thanks for joining us, man. That was a lot Thank of fun. You. Before we get out of here, remind people, you know, where they can find you on Twitter and, and what you're putting out there. Yep. So you can follow me on Twitter at Torres Takes. Again, just uh, I'm going to see how long I can keep up with these videos. I mean, geez, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I started doing them partly, too, because I was writing at one point for Razzball and it just took too much time. But uh, so these are a lot shorter, but, you know, even still, I got too much uh, going on in my life right now, but hopefully I could keep up with them, uh, give you some hopefully uh, helpful content and want to be entertaining too. you know, I just don't want to recite numbers. We, we got to have fun here. So again, at Torres takes, thank you so much guys for having me on really enjoyed it. Yo Torres, you know, I'm going to put this out there since we know each other now. Right. Um, we should swap numbers. And in the event you need me to step in as if you've got kids and you need to take care of something, oh, I can you, step in. You don't want that. You can step in and watch my kid and they wouldn't even know the difference. You got one or I got one. I got two coming. Okay. All right. Well, you got, well. you got, you got a second coming. You don't have two coming. Well, no, I have right. yeah, number two. Is number coming. two, number yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't really like the baby thing. So I don't know. We're, we're just getting out of that. Mine are six and two. So, uh, but right, man, bro, listen, we can, rough. we can do this. We can swap for, it doesn't have to be everything. 
I think you just, I just think you guys got to get together at the next family gathering and just try to have somebody explain what's going on. Like you, you, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. There's like, if there's like I a like family it, get together where you're trying to like, you know, I need to take care of something. I could slip right in and you could uh, do the same for me, bro. Come on. All right. I, Let's do yeah, it. I love it. Uh, so you can follow Sammy on Twitter at believe underscore Sammy. Uh, I am on Twitter at Samsky NYC. Um, I will this week have my first uh, video deep dive, uh, starting pitching video deep dive. It's going to be on Eric Lauer because um, that's what the Twitterverse wanted. Um, you and poisoned him, by the way. I did. Unfortunately, poisoned I already him. sent Sammy my thoughts. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but check all three of us out on Twitter. Uh, make sure you like and retweet the Torres Take videos. Yeah. Um, and we will see you next time on the Catcher's Club.